on a cold winter's night with the rain tumbling down. I come to you first with a couple of updates. Okay, I think I got a bit excited in the last podcast where I said 300,000 men had died by suicide in Australia. I think I got a bit overexcited about that. I had uh, one of our awesome coders, Jacob, get in touch with me and say, hey, it's between three and 4,000, and he's totally right. He's a paramedic, so he's on the front lines. However, happy to be corrected. I think that one was more of a global statistic. The other one is the current situation, how many deaths due to the current situation. That's a more difficult number to find. Uh, I used DuckDuckGo to have a bit of a look at that. And it's not real easy to find how many there is, to be perfectly honest. Could be one, could be three. Now, that's total across Australia. Related deaths to the thing that they're forcing upon us at the moment, plus 350. So what I did is I thought I'll take three was the biggest number that I could find on a national scale. And it's past that, but there's 350 due to the thing that's being pushed on us. So... At the moment, you're 116 times more likely to die from the thing that's being pushed on us than you are from the current situation. Yeah. And in fact, I know personally someone who died from the thing that's being forced upon us, and I don't know anyone that's been a part of the current situation. Like anyone who knows anyone, doesn't matter how many degrees of connection. So yeah, 116 times more likely. And that's using the higher number from the current situation and the lower number from the thing that's being pushed on us so either one of those could change the other reason you know and when we talk about suicides male suicides or just suicides in global nine day nine australian this is according to uh lifeline statistics in australia nine australians uh die every day that's more than double the road toll 75% 75% of them are male. Now, it was interesting when I tried to dig into statistics of what COVID did to the suicide rate. I couldn't really find much on that either, even using Google or DuckDuckGo to try and bring some of those statistics up. It It's quite difficult to find statistical data on this year. That's what I found. I could find 2019. could find a few little things about 2020. Some saying lower, some saying more. However, you'd think it'd have to be more. And one of the things that brought this episode forward, which is with Brendan Murphy, is he gave us a bit of an update with about some of something that came across his desk, and basically that a friend of his knew eleven small business owners who took their own lives due to the current situation, and another small business owner whose husband gave in in the fourth lockdown in New South Wales. Um, They lost their house, they lost their business, they lost everything. And the wife gave in in the fifth lockdown in Sydney. And apparently that's number 51. The ones that he was talking about was number 51 in the fifth lockdown in Sydney. To pretend that this current situation, I know me and Brendan talk about it briefly the start of this one, this one was recorded on the 30th of June. Sorry it's taken so long to get to you. As I said, I was unwell, so I'm sort of stepping up the roster with some of the episodes. And look, the more and more this goes on, the less and less it makes any sense. And I went through Zuby's 20 Things the other day, so you guys know my thoughts on that. 
Anyway, let's get on to this episode. This episode is dedicated to fellow coder David Nodes. He asked me about reincarnation and near-death experiences, and Brendan has a quite a lot of uh, research done on that. It's in some of his new work that's coming out. So there was no better guy to get on to share some of the experiences and thoughts about reincarnation and near-death experiences. However, this is the first episode that is dedicated to a... Uh, Patreon supporter, David, really, really appreciate your time and always appreciate your support. Thank you very, very much. And for those that would like to help me out on Patreon, just look up Unlocking the Code on Patreon. The page is up there now. That'd be really awesome. I really appreciate any support that you could give me. Don't have too much more to talk about. I really got a lot of the thoughts out of my head with the unsupervised. However, be interesting to see what happens tomorrow here in Australia. How many people turn up for the different events that are planned? I'm worried for us, for all of us, as you should be too. However, the only thing we can do is stay focused, re-engage our discipline, work together, be kind, be cool, stay safe. I'm going to use Demons on My Mind as the opener from Rowdy and not too sure how we'll finish, maybe Bathe in the Sun to give it a bit of a brighter uh, ending. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Look after yourselves, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Have I burned up? Have I blackened the ground? Will I fight back? Find my strength?
Navarra, black underground. Ooh, I fight back, find my strength again. Days have been gold, tomorrow losing their shine. Ooh, I give up, I doubt it. Righto. G'day, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, it's my great pleasure to have Brendan Murphy back on the podcast. How are you, sir? Firstly, good to see you, mate. It is good to see you. I'm very well. It's good to see you too, mate. Uh, even if it is over Zoom. Even if we wanted to, though, mate, yet again, we really can't. It is the 30th of the 6th. The state of emergency has just been extended just in time in Queensland. Just put this in your calendar, everybody. So it was the 29th of September. It runs out. So uh, don't go on, don't book a holiday for the 29th of September because we'll be back in lockdown. Not that it's manipulated or controlled or, you know, in any way, shape or form. It's just that the virus runs on the bureaucrats' schedules. So it's it's just an amazing coincidence that it happens to be that intelligent. It knows when to, you know, flash out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's Alpha, Mike, Foxtrot, Gamma, Delta, November, India or something like that. I I can't really remember whatever variant that it is. Timbuk two or whatever it is. Uh, I'm, look, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's the bullshit variant. <laughs> look, as we as we said, we 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 we, are, we have got a topic we want to talk about, but it's it's hard not to. I think you know because you said before, mate, and I'm the same. I don't really follow it much anymore. I was watching the state of emergency because I knew that was what was going to happen, and when it happened, I was like, oh, just disappoint. It's like um, we were talking about parenting before we turned the uh, mics to hit record. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. But yeah, don't make any plans for the 29th of September. You heard it here on Unlocking the Code on the 30th of the 6th is because uh, they need to extend the state of emergency because basically the reality is, mate, is they actually can't give you the vaccine unless it's under state of the emergency because it is a test. It's not a uh, approved thing. Mm. And they, the, that needs to be in a state of emergency for them to administer the vaccine. But people don't look into it like that. Um, uh, I mean, it, heaven forbid if they found out that um, that the, the the in the trials it killed all the animals in the animal trials. But hey, we, <laughs> don't want to discuss that. Well, we, we also can't discuss that I think it's linked to over 200 and something deaths in Australia alone. Since they've oh, been 318, 318 of the last count, I think. 318. Well, there you go. So there you go. I, I, I haven't had, yeah, 318. And interestingly, just how many, how many people in Australia have died from COVID in that time, mate? It's not even I think, 10. I think officially one. <laughs> oh, one. Right. So, okay. Well, that makes sense. Let's let's line up. We'll, we'll get it done tomorrow, eh? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> 318 died from the V and one from the C. I don't know. Something doesn't add up. Yeah, which which way do you want to play it? Uh, look, I think the only I don't want to I don't want to dig too deep in it because I have had enough of it. However, the problem is is that it is our do I say laser fair attitude, our Aussie attitude, where it's like, oh, fucking hell, seriously, you know. And I think that the, the 
the laser fear attitude and the compliance, the level of compliance is still a little shocking to me um, as far as the masks and bits and pieces. However, if this continues, like obviously, you know, having a bit of a giggle about the state of emergency, if we've predicted, right, if it's the 29th of September, look, it's pretty much guaranteed, I think, at this point that it's going to go again, then what are we doing? Like at what point do we stop having this compliance attitude and go, look, hang on a minute. Are we serious about this? Like what? Because if we, as we said before, you know, I think we did the podcast a little while ago, divide and conquer. Um, If we continue to allow them to just take little inch by inch, like I think one of the most disgusting things I've seen in a while is Scotty from marketing saying that he indemnifies GPs when they give the vaccine, like, so you've taken the Hippocratic Oath, mate, and uh, you can't hurt or maim people under the Hippocratic Oath, but if you give this bloke a vaccine and he dies from it, you're okay, it's all good, we'll indemnify you, don't you worry about it. Well, I changed it recently, it used to be the Hippocratic Oath, now it's the Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> you know, like, and I think that's disgusting, I can't, uh, I, I don't even know it's what to say about that. Our politicians are making it so obvious right now that not only that it's a sham, but they don't give a shit about about us at all. Like I don't remember who it was, whether it was um, Greg Hunt or Brendan, unfortunately Brendan Murphy, the you know the head of the yeah, health yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, but one of them, one of these idiots at the podium, you know, giving the press conference and saying, "Hey, you know, don't worry about the elderly people who are dropping off like flies after receiving the injection. Don't worry about it. Stuff happens." Yeah, stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. That's literally literally what they're saying. Stuff happens. We're, we're dying, but yeah. stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, they don't work for us. What more? How much more obvious can it be? That's right. That's right. And, look, and the thing is, it's interesting over, over the different social media platforms over the last week, everyone's like, keep an eye out, 29th, you wait, yep. you wait, yep. you wait. Oh, hang on. State of Origin was on Sunday, so we can't do it over the weekend. <laughs> we need State of Origin to happen first because, you know, that's, that's what's important. But yep. as soon as State of Origin's over, lock you down, mate. Lock you down. Like, you know, they just have you just sort of have a quick word to you know the virus. Just you know, mate, can you just can you just hold off while the footy's on and yeah. just, just fire back up again when when we need the, to renew the lockdown? All right. Yeah, yeah, virus, yeah. virus is very compliant, so he's very obliging. You know, he just goes along with it. He's very. That's yeah, right. It, That's right. You amazing. can't don't interrupt State of Origin, man. It's a big game. You know, like. <laughs> I love. I think my favourite thing was one of these one of these politicians. Um, it was a woman. I can't remember her name now. You know, might have been a New South Wales and Queensland Premier or something. Victorian, saying, you know, if you're going to the football down in it was like Melbourne, Victoria. If you're going to the game and the ball comes at you, duck, get out of the way. <laughs> like oh, because it, it's, it's might got- have Cooties nineteen on it. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's absolutely. <laughs> it's just an absolute clown show. Okay. Oh, I can't even because there's 36, you know, whatever it is, 36 blokes on the field. One of them might have the cooties and the ball's been tucked by all of them. Well, like, I mean, oh, my it's God. Real, if it's a real health risk, if it's a real thing that it actually is, exists and is happening, and it doesn't, I can tell you it doesn't exist, but if it was actually happening, what? It's okay that all hundreds of these blokes get together every, you know, weekend and sweat all over each other, yeah. breathe heavily on each other. Blood, and sweat, you know. They're magically immune. Because yeah. they're wearing, you know, they're wearing the little outfit and they're yeah. hitting the, or kicking the ball. The, the rest of us are the ones at risk. I mean, that makes <laughs> sense, right? Do you know what I don't get as well? And look, I think we're at the point where we have to be jovial about it. It's like um, these people that have got it, they're like 
Frodo on an adventure. Like, how I don't go that many places in a day. I'd be stuffed. If you see, like, this bloke, he went to the cafe, then he hung around the servo for an hour, then he went to here, and then he went to there. In eight hours, he went to 16 different places and hung around just long enough to, to, to leave the, the cooties behind, right? Yeah. It's like, are you they're like the latest one up here. It's like one of the things this bird did is went to the gym for two and a half hours. She's got the deadly virus. We, we, that we've got to worry about. Now, listen, you work out. I know you work out. I work out. Hey, you don't really work out for two and a half hours. What are you doing, right? <laughs> like, that's a session. Like, if you're putting in two hours, like I was, because my wife asked me, she goes, look, when you used to go to the gym and stuff, how big was a session if you were left alone? I'm like, oh, look, decent cardio weight session. They had a steam room at the gym. So I used to do, you know, three sessions in the steam room, you know, out shower back in. But even then, after all that, it'd be lucky. Two hours, it'd be lucky. You know what I mean? And that's smashing it. Like that's – so what's she doing in a gym for two and a half hours? No one's really in a gym for two and a half hours. But anyway, but they just – it's like they're off on an adventure. Like yeah. I, I can't, you know. I mean, how many places can I go now that I'm on death's door? That's right. Exactly. I am really feel really sick. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to travel everywhere. <laughs> First, yeah, first I'm going to go and pump some iron. That's a good call. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to get real sweaty because and, – and we'll see, that's what Cass said to me as well. She goes, so when you're sick, can you work out? I'm like, no. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you've got a head cold or whatever this thing's supposedly supposed to be, you don't want it. You, it's not a good thing. You can't actually do that. You know what I mean? No. So it's um, – anyway, it, it, it borders on ridiculous, Brendan. Oh, this, no, I think we've crossed that border a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. We left that. We left that. That 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 left the building a long time ago. That's one border we were allowed to cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, where does it end? I, I don't. I don't know where it ends. That's that's the thing. Like, I, it, th- my issue is, you know, I was talking to a friend last night, and he's like, um, "My problem is, is like, look, everything will be okay as long as you just kneel." If you kneel, you'll be okay. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm sorry. That's going to be a fucking problem. Okay? We've got a fucking problem now. And I try not to swear on the podcast anymore. However, that's not happening. I'm not kneeling. No. Dude, you can fuck off. I'm not doing it. Um, yeah. Yep. Well, that's exactly it. It's No. No is the most important and valuable word in the human vocabulary right now. No. Yeah. No. 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 Not doing no. it. You can go away. on the beach. I'm going to the beach. We go to the gym. I'm not putting your stupid mask on. No. no, no, I'm not doing it. And, and look, I think the thing is because I, I, I have gone out in public and not worn a mask, right? When masks are mandated, right? And what's interesting, Brendan, is that I would just walk around and like other guys, they would stare at me and I'd just look them dead in the eye <laughs> and, and, and they'll look away. Yeah. And they, no one has said anything to me. Yeah. No one has yeah. said anything to me. Because it's like they see that I'm willing to do something that they're not willing to do. Exactly. Yep. You know? You have Uh, the freedom freedom that they they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. No. Just just no. But anyway, mate, look, enough of that. Enough of that. Look, we we needed to touch on that. Um, Who knows where we'll be, mate, but it's always good to connect and, uh, and have a bit of a laugh. At least we can laugh about it, you know? I think one of the other times we talked about it, we were very serious. There's no point. We've got to have a laugh about it now. Yet, I think you agree with me in the fact that maybe it's it's not a laughing matter realistically and maybe before long, we'd, I don't know, you know, 
Well, I mean, look, mate, like I agree. Well, you got to have a laugh while you can and, and wherever you can. And, you know, even when we're all in our little concentration camps in ourselves, we'll have to find a way to have a chuckle because if we, <laughs> if we let them, if we let them collectively as a group, it's a, it's a matter of the group, whether we grant them permission to continue down the road where they're going, which I know roughly where it's going and it's not pretty at all. It's going to make the Nazi um, situation from 1940s, the 1940s look like a picnic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we let them do it, it'll be our choice. And yeah. um, that's where they're going with it. It's going to be horrendous, but hopefully they won't succeed. Hopefully we start standing up and saying no. And I think, I think more people are slowly coming on board with us and waking up and saying no. I, I, definitely, I definitely think so. Like I, I've had some very interesting conversations with people who I wouldn't think would approach some of the topics we've talked about. And I think it, it's, it, it is just like, are you, are you serious? Like, what, what are we even doing anymore? But, yeah. mate, let's, let's leave that there because this sure. is actually a bit of a special episode. So, obviously, I've just launched the Patreon page and I've got some awesome blokes that have come on board. And uh, a bloke by the name of David Nodes, he's over in the US, and he, I asked him what topic would he like us to cover or would he, would he like the podcast to cover? And he likes NDEs or near-death experiences, reincarnation, those sorts of things. So let's uh, let's let's leave the uh, the present behind us, mate, and let's go on a little bit of a journey and a bit of a discussion around this. Because I know you have put a fair bit of uh, research into this prior to the the bundle of joy uh, coming along. So I know that uh, you have got some opinions on it. I suppose where do we stand <clears throat> before we get into the topic and and what we think? Do you believe in the NDEs? Do you believe in reincarnation? Do you think we are a recirculating soul, or you know what? What's what's your thoughts on that? What's your belief system around that? Uh, short answer is NDEs give you uh, it, the evidence tells us pretty overwhelmingly that they are real experiences that give us mm-hmm. a real insight into an actual um, event or a reality that happens mm-hmm. or, and exists beyond the physical world that we, you know, we are accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And you can, based on, it's it's difficult. The reincarnation question is, is a bit more complicated because you have to, it's a matter of, you're sort of looking through a prism mm. and it depends on which way you turn the prism as to how how that sort of shakes out and how it looks. Mm-hmm. But it is, the, the short, simplistic answer is yes, it, it's a thing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of those stories. Because I was thinking about, even like when I got sick, I uh, I didn't really have an NDE. Like my my brain boiled for ten days, and but at least for um, so end of January twenty thirteen. So even now to this day, February end of January, pretty much all of February, most of March, some of April is gone from my memory bank. Right, I don't it, it disappeared. I I got uh, a jungle virus over in PNG, and I thought about that. I didn't have an NDE. But according to my wife, I, I went somewhere. Like, I was not there for a little while. I, I checked out. You know, I was sleeping 18, 20 hours a day. Um, you know, I, I was – I had it was called, it's called chicken gunny or breakbone fever, right? So, you know, imagine – you're an active bloke, mate. Imagine every single injury you've ever had coming back at once. Oh, that doesn't sound like fun at all. It's not fun at all, man. Like, and I think I was in – I can remember – I've got, like, flashing memories of – rolling out of bed and literally sort of 
army crawling because my hands were like um, small basketballs, yeah? Because I played AFL for so long, I've busted every single one of my fingers, you know what I mean? I've busted my wrist, of shoulders, knees, toes, you know, yeah. ankles, um, you name it. It's not – there isn't really a joint on my body that hasn't been flogged out in some way or another. So I was in immense amount of pain. And I do remember one day coming well, – it's like when I – when I came back, I suppose, is the only thing I can tell you, right, is that sitting on the dunny, right, and I had uh, Top Gear Australia magazines when Top Gear Australia used to do a magazine. I used to collect, I used to read those all the time because I was on a lot of planes, used to read the magazines, I like cars. And I read these magazines and I bought them out and I said to Kath, I said, oh, these, these are awesome, babe. Um, did you pick them up for me? Thanks very much. And she looked me dead in the eye and she goes, you've had those for a month. You've already read them twice. Oh, wow. And I, I didn't remember, but it was basically from that day, that magazine day, that's that was sort of day zero for me being aware of what I was going through. And that was nearly six weeks after it started. So, you know, one of the things I've asked myself since then is like, where did I go? Because I don't have any recollection. Um like there's literal weeks of my life that are gone. Yeah. But I was still here. But even Cass said, she goes, you weren't here. She said, you as you. Like we'd only been married three months, man. And she's she's thinking her, her husband's gone. Um, only been with him, you know. <laughs> only been married three months. And yeah, but then this day, that was the day that I came back. Mm. Whatever reason, the Top Gear magazine brought me back around and from that day forth, that was sort of day zero. And that was that was early March, mid-March. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I went, man. You know, like as far as if you were to ask me uh, personally, I think NDE, NDEs are interesting uh, only because I know I do a little bit about the DMT dump that can happen, you know, and I, and I have experienced that and I have been shot through a wormhole into the center of the universe and back again. And I know... It's hard to know what's real and what's not in that in that instance, you know. Um, however, I do believe in reincarnation, um, mainly because I've had some weird experiences in in this life that I should I know things that I shouldn't know that have happened in the past, um, and I think I've come back around this time around. Uh, to be here for this moment, you know, that was the other thing I talked about to a mate yesterday. It's like, you know, we always said, uh, oh, we're going to be, we're going to be, you know, and I think every generation does. Oh, we're going to, it's going to be prophetic moments in our generation. We're going to be the ones. Guess what, Brendan? We are, mate. <laughs> we are. Our kids, our kids, grandkids are going to research what the bloody hell we did uh, last year, this year, and, and whatever's coming next. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, let's uh, give them something worth reading about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not 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 the fact that everyone bought toilet paper. That's going to be a question, right? That's going to be like an essay question in a hundred years' time. It's like, why did they boil the dunny paper? That's right. Did, if you're going to be locked down for thirty days and you use X number of toilet rolls per day, <laughs> how many toilet rolls do you need to buy? <laughs> What's the dunny paper? Anyway, let's come back on track. Um, <laughs> So look, I know like the, what like there's the the classic reincarnation stories. There was the one out of um, uh, Eastern. It was in Europe somewhere, where it's like a little boy, and he was like four years old, and he kept trying to 
convince his parents that he was somebody else. It's it's a famous one. And then he actually took them to the site, told him his name and everything else like that. And they looked it up and it was true. Um, he, you know, this guy had died in a car accident at a T intersection somewhere randomly. And it was definitely true. Like they actually, there's no, no, no doubt about that. Um, you know, as far as NDEs goes, like it's, I think, I do believe we are, uh, again, look, the, the thing is, is that honestly, we don't know. Right. So we need to really say that, like we're only going off people's experiences. Um, we don't know really what happens when we die. That's how come, you know, God loves you, but he needs your money. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, a, he's a salvation. Um, well, I'm definitely not a salvationist. That, that, that viewpoint is absolute nonsense. <laughs> Why not? God loves you, man. He loves you, <laughs> but he's broke. And That's he needs right. your money, man. And it just and needs a hand. It just yeah, it just needs a hand. And yeah. uh, and then and then they and then you know, the Pope he's 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 straight up and down that dude. You know he hasn't got oh, the, wor- he- the, wor- the world's secrets underneath his feet at the Vatican, and that's no. not even no. no, no, no. They're all very upright, moral sort of citizens. So yeah, everyone's, um, everyone's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the the NDE thing is. I mean, when you you really got to take the time to look at it, and then you start seeing the, the you know the patterns and the parallels and the crossovers mm. and stuff, and the, it's it's all. There are parallels all over the shop, but they're also, you know, everyone has a slightly different experience or a slightly different journey. Mm. Um, none of it, if you know, if you've been in the field long enough and you know how to interpret stuff from a slightly higher level, none of it supports um, the sort of simplistic, like literalistic um, Christian idea of, you know, there's God and Jesus and there's hell and heaven and there's the devil and none of it supports that mm. at all. I mean, some people try to make the case, you know, people with an axe to grind try to make the case that, well, yes, you know, watch out for, for hell, you know, if you're a naughty boy and don't believe in Jesus, but it doesn't, when you know how to actually look at and reinterpret the data they're using, mm. you can see that it, it actually doesn't support their case at all. But mm. uh, yeah, so it's a little bit more in sophisticated and, and complicated than, than that. Um, and that's why we, you know, if you're honest, you have to kind of go, well, you know, we don't know exactly what happens. We have a lot of good information from different sources and a lot of it corroborates and, and you know, from multiple different angles cross, um, cross co- uh, correlates. So we have a bit of an idea and a bit of a framework and uh, some very interesting materials from certain people who normally, you know, you wouldn't look at like channelers, for example, like there are some pretty interesting mediums and channelers from, from the decades and on if you take them in a vacuum on their own you know you you'd have to say well you know don't take it as gospel because you should look a bit further than that but when yeah. you do when you do look further you just, you start to see oh well this actually fits the picture that all these other strands of research are, are presenting to us so mm. we have if if those readings if that material is accurate we actually have a, a fair idea of at least a little bit of what happens when you cross mm. over Mm. And like crossing over is, is is the point, isn't it? I mean, and look, when you talk about mediums, channelers, those sorts of things, unfortunately, that's a business that can be uh, easily made money off when you know taking advantage of people. Now, it doesn't mean, like I think in my lifetime, you know, and I've been around those circles, and I've probably run into two or three, and I've met hundreds of them, but I've probably run into two or three that really had what I would say genuine would had had the gift. Like had yeah. the gift of understanding and and saw past it and didn't wasn't wasn't coming from an ego point of view. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole heap of uh, checks and balances there when you're trying to think about that sort of stuff. However, I think everyone has their own 
talents, Brendan, I think. And we, that we, where one of the thought processes is a bit of a segue, but it'll tie back in. Once upon a time, we had gifts and talents that I don't think we have anymore. I think we had a, a better understanding of elements. I think we had a better understanding of nature. And I think we call it, you know, for magic with a K, you know, what is the language of magic and those sorts of things. I think that once upon a time, we had a, a deeper connection and a deeper understanding and we might be able to see these things a little bit better. You know, it's like I've had a connection with crystals for a long time since I was a boy. Um, and I can, I can feel the energy of a stone. I can, you know, and I can tell you what that feels like and what that doesn't feel like to, from my perspective. Um, that's something that I've kept to myself only sort of recently, you know, sort of started talking about it openly on the podcast and stuff. So, because I think it's an important thing. Whereas I know some people, they've got a, a bit of quartz, you know, it's, you know, three foot by two foot and they touch it. Oh, it's a pretty rock, you know, but I understand that it's an energy generator. Like the very fact that we're talking to each other now, the signal it's sending out on your computer and my computer is actually a tiny little quartz, bit of quartz crystal, right? Mm. You know, the silica that is making the circuits work in the circuitry board, you know, that's crystal, you know, the, the screens that we're looking at is an LCD, a liquid crystal display. So, you know, it's, it's becoming more, it's less we were and more intertwined, but I think these channels and gifts, there are certain people that can help other people cross over. You know, I think, you know, I've, I've seen people do that and not from a, you know, a, Hey, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, but genuinely help people, uh, mm. you know, and look, the, the, Interestingly, and I've been like, from my understanding, the light is a common theme, like go towards the light. There is a, there is a source light, which is where a lot of this stuff comes from. Um, there's obviously a lot of uh, people levitating above their bodies in surgeries and operating theaters and, and those sorts of things. Uh, and I look, and then just as an aside to add a bit more weight to that, I have done, I have astral traveled in the past. I have, uh, and I actually went to a course where this guy was basically training us to pop out of our body, right? And and I I, I we only went there twice because there was this big fat guy that did just fall asleep and start snoring. It was very hard to. That's all. I don't know what he was there. Just there to have a nap or something, but it was very distracting. And we never actually booked the next class. But even at the end of two classes, I could start to see my feet like etherically separate, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can do that. Like that's, to me, that's not that, it's not much of a leap. Uh, but the light is the interesting one, isn't it? I mean, that's one that echoes a lot. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's everywhere. You know, it shows up everywhere. Um, and, you know, there's the being of light, this mysterious being of light who, um, and there's the tunnel of light. So you've got the tunnel. That's, that's, I think it shows up in about a third, roughly a third of, of the NDEs that are out there. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not necessarily essential to the experience. Um, actually, are more spiritually aware and educated are the ones who don't have the tunnel experience. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's the people who are, who are complete, like, if you like, complete noobs or like a, just a hardcore sort of atheist or materialist 
they they are the ones who tend to get the full blown like every every box get gets ticked because it's like it's almost like a compensatory mechanism from the collective unconscious trying to wake them up and it's it's throwing it's throwing everything at them that it <laughs> yeah. possibly can just, you know like this is like your reality is just a pinhead in the in a vast ocean kind of thing so mm. it's um the being of light is is a prominent one as well and and that could be could be interpreted in a lot of ways i mean i think a lot of the time what may be happening is is people are actually connecting reconnecting with uh, a part of themselves that mm -hmm. someone might call the, the higher self mm -hmm. so there's this other part of you that obviously continues to exist in this other reality while you're occupying part of you occupies a physical body mm -hmm. and then they have this experience with this this being that seems oddly familiar and incredibly warm and loving and welcoming and has no judgment towards them whatsoever. Um, and he's just totally accepting and they, they take away, you know, a lot of very transformative experiences because they, they have this unbelievable experience with the being of light or the, the light or, you know, mm. what they call God. And either way, there's no judgment. There's all just nothing but acceptance and, and love. And they come away just with an incredible sense of peace and often healing profound healing experiences mm. diseases have disappeared and cancers have disappeared all sorts of interesting things mm. uh, and it, it almost provides a reset it is it's interesting you say that mm. I'd, i hadn't heard that part of it like that a, a proper atheist materialist gets the full-blown uh spiritual experience it's like yeah i'm gonna punch you in the head with all this stuff like this is you not you need to re 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 look at what you actually think is real and what is not real um and so what do you think the light is what do you reckon? Well, I mean, if, you, if you're talking about the tunnel or are you talking about which, which light, I'm going to have to ask you, which light? Well, I would say uh, my, my perception of it and, you know, I've looked at a few of the cases, uh, but my perception of it is the light is the light. The variation is only through the eye of the beholder. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, is, it is what it is. The light is the light the variation comes through the eye of the beholder as opposed to uh, anything else. You know what I mean? Mm. That, that would be, that would be my interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's interpretation is kind of the name of the game here. Um, yeah. A number of people, uh, including children, quite a few children have come out saying that their experience of God, um, what they called God was either a purple light or a blue light. Um, yeah. Right. And, you know, that's, God as in the source of the source of creation, the source of reality. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you also have, when you talk about like the being of light, you've got to consider that, you know, if there is this other spirit world, which we have quite a lot of interesting evidence for, mm -hmm. there are a lot of beings there who we know and have, have known for, you know, eternity. Mm. And they, and we also have this, this um, on a high level, there's a part of us that is, or I shouldn't say part of us, a more whole, if you like, a version of us that goes beyond that sort of higher self-concept or expands on it. So we have yeah. ourselves as individuals, we have like what you might call like a monad or a soul cluster mm -hmm. of all the different lives that you have had and have lived throughout yeah. time. Yeah. And that being is, is a unified um, entity of co consisting of all of them. And then it mm. sends, and from one perspective, it sends like one of those personalities out down to greet the person having the near death experience to kind of act as an intermediary. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, 
that's another little angle on that and you know give them the whole spiel about hey you know it's not your time to die it's you know all yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. whole thing i mean yeah. that's very 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 common you know and and they have to frequently almost all the time have to give this this spiel to people because when people do cross over it, it they're so suffused with with love and bliss that they just flat out don't want to come back to yeah they want to yeah they want to go yeah exactly yeah yeah well, you you're free of the pain, you're free of the the injury or whatever it is, and you, yeah, you can yeah, go. Yeah, that eternal that eternal love, man. That's right, and you know, there's a classic example, a legendary NDE um, that Carl Jung had, and he uh, he was I think he had a heart attack, and he crossed over and he had the whole near death experience, and um, when they actually managed to revive him. He was pissed off. <laughs> he did. He did not. He did not want to be brought back at all. And he was angry at the people who actually resuscitated him. The hospital staff. Yeah. Right. What are you doing? Don't put. Take me back. I, I want to go back. For real. Yeah. And look, I think, like everything else, you know, the, our thoughts on this have been very steered. The narrative has been very controlled by the church, and you know, all the all the things that we learned as children. Um, and we were learnt, we learnt, and our to to disbelieve in in things like that. However, you know, like I think my look, my first DMT experience was was all about love, man. Like I think I was in a pretty dark place, and it, I got a I got a taste of that 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 eternal love, uh, that that the source love, and um, it basically told me I could be whatever I want. And because of that experience, Brendan, we're here tonight, mate. You know, like because of that experience, I have this studio, I have the podcast, I became a teacher. Like in my life, there's a definite line, right? There's before and then there's after, okay? Yeah. And and I have made my life after, uh, tried to make it a life worth living, mate. You know, and, and it's because of that experience, because I saw and felt that, um, that source, you know? And I think, if instinctually, what's it? Um, spirituality comes from in here. Okay, I think true spirituality comes from within you, and it's when you when you reach that level of understanding of self. You know, uh, you know, like the higher self thing is an interesting one it, because if you want to, and you if you if you have the discipline to find that space, you can have a conversation with your higher self. Hmm. You may not like what they've got to say, <laughs> but you can have a conversation with them. You know, you can ask yourself a question. You can access because that higher self is the. It, it is like, like you say. It is the. It's the. It's the. It's the perfect version of you. It's. It's the. It's the love version of you. It just wants nothing but the best for you. It can't actually really do much to help you. It can give you some guidance, but you're still. You know, you've still got. You're still behind the wheel. But it is the the best version of you, I believe. That's my that's my belief system around that. That I think your higher self is the best version of you, and I could see that person. You know, hey, hey, hang on, mate, hang on, stop, stop, stop. This is all, this is all beautiful. However, it's not your time, man. It's not your time. You know, and I look, I I could have had conversations like that when I wherever I went. You know, I checked out for six weeks. Like that's where did I go? Where did the the version of me that was me before I got sick checked out for six weeks. Um, and and that, the thing there is that, you know, the brain 
um, and the way that the brain interfaces with the the subtle energy bodies, it's not really designed to have full recall. Mm. So the fact that people don't remember what happened doesn't mean that something didn't happen. Mm. Um, you know, like Robert Bruce, the out of body um, out of body expert, he he himself has written in great detail about the way that when you go to sleep, you know, you generate these different copies of your conscious mind of your consciousness. Mm. And so your body's lying there and then out of the body is ejected this kind of etheric double. Mm. And so now your, your consciousness is focused in that. And then every time, you know, from out of that, you've got the astral and, and so on and so forth. Mm. And so when you go off and function out of, you know, one of these other vehicles like the astral body, and then later on it, you know, it has all these experiences and comes back to the body, the memory, that is, it's sort of like the, there is a more, there's like a hierarchy of memory storage or memory um, priority. Mm. And the stuff that's sort of like closer to the body consciousness is the stuff that gets prioritized in terms of memory and recall. So mm. we really generally have no idea what goes on. I think there's actually some very, very profound, deep stuff that happens just be like way beyond going out of your body when we're asleep overnight. Yeah. Um, and we just have absolutely no idea. And if we did recall it, it would actually kind of render this whole experiment um, kind of null and void. It would make it kind of, well, I don't want to be here kind of thing, you know? I think, well, I know for myself, I've had, uh, look, I suppose you would call it a recurring dream. However, I've had, I, I've, I have these periodically, I exist. There's only way to say it's a different dimension, right? It's like everything's pretty much the same, but not, you know, the people are the same, but not. It's like I'm living a, a, another existence of me somewhere else. And it is, it is as real as it gets, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it, you know, um, and, you know, while we're talking about weird stuff happens, and I've woken up with scrapes on my legs and stuff where I've had dreams about jumping fences and, you know what I mean? I wake up and there's a bruise on my leg. It's like, well, I didn't go to sleep with that. Why is that there? And if that's there, then how much of my consciousness was doing what I was actually doing. And was I even here? You know, was I, was if that, if it's transmuted into my mute body while I'm asleep, what's going on there? You know, like the, like, I think you thought you said, there's so much stuff that happens when we rest that, you know, there's that theory that maybe the other version of us is asleep now, you know, like there's, there's a version of us that's asleep in the eight hour period throughout our waking day and then when we go to sleep the other version of us wakes up and goes and does what they do you know and in in, in the multi-dimensional infinite universe that we proven to exist all things are possible brendan aren't they and however the evidence is suggesting that a lot of these things are actually possible like you know absolutely absolutely i mean you know, if you look at the Monroe Institute research going back to the, I don't know, it might have been the late 70s even, um, you know, the conclusions they reached after studying people going out of their bodies, um, you know, altering their brain waves and going to sleep, um, they basically just had no choice but to conclude, well, every night when you go to sleep, you are having a so-called out-of-body experience. So that, that copy of your consciousness is very much having its own independent existence and doing stuff so it's just that we we can't recall it um, and that phenomenon you're talking about uh the having waking up with bruises and scratches and stuff that's like that's called repercussion and that is that is the mind manifesting itself its experiences mapping mm. it out onto the body and mm. so that tells you that tells you i mean your mind has that it 
for whatever you know whatever's happening there it's it's, it's experience is real to it you know to the mind that is a very real experience and the body mm. body just registers it and has it it can't say yes or no it just registers and can't discern between reality and non-reality so boom you got a bruise on your on your shin or whatever mm. well i mean that's the hard question isn't it in neuroscience is it what what actually makes us conscious what makes me triffin and you brendan you know the individual spark you know we talk about the higher self we talk about the source like this light right you know that that is what is powering us like you know if we got got a multimeter and shoved it in our arm i think we're at about three and a half amps or something like that like the reality is we something is powering us and it seems to be that that is this source energy this source light that we talk about and what makes us individual is that like you said that collective experience that whatever you know whatever soul or you know whatever in resides in me has had its own experiences over the xyz right couple that with genealogical and dna based uh um what's the word i'm looking for imprints uh and but even aside from those imprints, the DNA and genealogical imprints that you have from your family line and your, you know, because we, you know, like I sound exactly like my father. I laugh like my father. I sneeze like my father. There's nothing I can do about that. Like, it's just, it is what it is. However, we're still very individual people. He's he, he's him and I am me with, the, with that genealogical and DNA imprint. And what is that? Is that the source, man? Is that, is that the eternal source, the light that we speak of that people see? you know, that they go yeah, well, towards. I think, I think, that, and, you know, if you look at like ordinary physics, like a photon, a single photon is, is light and it's considered to be basically pure information. So information and light are virtually interchangeable subjects um, or entities. And so, you know, people are going into a realm when they have an OBE or an NDE, which tends to be a much deeper, more profound experience. Mm. They are going into a realm of, information they're accessing like an informational database which um i think almost by default has to present itself as light mm. um because that reality is composed of just pure information pure yeah. light we don't we don't have the the matter um we think of it as matter but it's actually you know just sort of condensed light and mm. you know but it, it seems very different so anyway i'm not sure where i was going with that but light and light and information are kind of interchangeable subjects yeah oh absolutely yeah i think that well, light, light is, this, you know, information. What, what, what's allowing us to talk right now? We're talking both through Wi-Fi. You know, there's information traveling, you know, how many, there's like this, like two or 300K separating us and we're talking in real time. That information or that matter is traveling through something. You know, we only see, I think it's not even 1% of the light spectrum. So like, no joke that we don't see 99% of what's going on around us because that's the only bit like the eye, the human eye, as amazing as it is, is very limited in what it can see and what it can actually perceive. You know, you, you talk about, you know, the, the third eye, right? You know, the, the pineal gland, that is something, right? Mm -hmm. That is something. That is something that has a perception that can perceive things that you can't perceive. You know, you, you can talk about if you wanted to uh, go sort of down that track. I think it was an interesting one where it was like uh, Aussie, like cricket players, right? So high A grade cricket players basically see the future because there's no way if if you're being bowl, a ball's being bowled at you at 150 k's an hour, 
there's no way for you to know what is that the, the body cannot react fast enough to hit the ball before as it leaves the hand to when they hit the ball, they actually see into the future. Right, they they can see the ball before it comes, and they act before it actually before they can potentially possibly act. You know, it's the spidey sense. It's the you know fighter pilots get it. You know, a lot of you know they they've been. The, I know the air force has put a bit of money into this studying. Can they put a light? That one of the things I heard was this weird thing was a DARPA thing, where they wanted to put like a light on the dash of a of a fighter plane, because it seemed to be that the pilot sensed that something was nearby or something was wrong before anything else picked it up. So it's like, can you measure that subtle energy change and give it some sort of reaction before, because it, it was like even before the brain knew that, you know, before this, before you got the physical hair standing up on the back of your neck, they, something was going on and it was like pretty accurate, you know? So, yeah, yeah. you know, totally. th- these are all the things that have got, good evidence behind them that sort of suggests that we we do have sense of another realm we do have evidence of this other realm you know what about the reincarnation mate what's one of the like because there's some trippy stories around that what's one of the what's give me a give me a couple of crazy tidbit stories about reincarnation can you can you pull any out of the brain box Oh, asking me to recall detailed reincarnation experiences. That's, that's putting me on the spot. I think, um, let me have a quick think. I, you know what? I know, I know heaps of them. Of course, as soon as we finish the interview, I'll go, oh, that, is that one? Yeah. That one that? Yeah. I won't bloody remember it now though. But um, Do you want me to give you some intermission music? <laughs> Can I find a friend? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a shitload. There's a shitload of them. I mean, if you know, if people want to go to the the doyen of that research, you know, you go and look at. Um, oh God, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the guy who started it all did 40 years worth of research into it. Yeah. Um, but all other people have done, followed up, and, and continued his work. There was a kid who, um, in the US, was having memories of um, fighter fighter jets and this sort of thing, and and he and he was saying, I. Oh, I was I was this bloke and he gave a name and he gave the details of how he this bloke died and he named some of his friends who were comrades in the in the force and all this stuff and then you know of course they they go and they track track this this information down this historical information and mm. and lo and behold you know the pilot's name was this and his friends names were were the same and mm. and all that sort of stuff so it's 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 out there it's very common I covered a few a few absolute gems in the book and you know I make the joke that I one of the reasons I write is so I don't have to remember stuff. <laughs> That's why I do podcasting, mate. That's why I do podcasting. People are like, oh, what, what? So, what did you talk about in this podcast? Well, I don't know. I, I, that's why I podcast about it. I keep stuff in my head. I get it out on the yeah. mic, so then it's out there forever. If I really need to remember it, I'll just listen back to it, and then, like, oh yeah, that's right. But yeah, no, it's okay, mate. I, I, I did, I did put you on the spot a little bit. There. That was a bit of fun. Uh, but no, I like. I know the one. The one that I would, I remember is it's not really a reincarnation story, but it's like uh, it's like the three she was a three or four year old uh, daughter or something like that, and they had a uh, they had a new baby, and um, the parents are listening over the monitor, and she's talking to the baby, basically saying, "Can you tell me what heaven's like? I'm beginning to forget." Mm-hmm. 
you know. And I think that's the that's the thing with kids, man. Like I see that they they are closer to that source, you know. They are closer to that that the veil, the source, you know. The veil is another thing that's mentioned a lot in these NDEs and stuff like that. Like, you know, and I look, I've experienced, I've, I'm sure I've seen that veil at times. You know, I, I actually interesting, and you'll enjoy this one uh, because it was a, it was a bit of a nasty kind of a veil. Because I don't go to the city much. Like, I avoid it like the plague. I don't see any reason to go there. Uh, and it was a few couple of years ago, me and my lovely wife got some time away from the Kiddlywinks and we went down to South Bank. And it's a nice, you know, go and get something to eat and wander along the river and stuff. And uh, oh, I think we were trying to take the obligatory selfie and failing miserably at it. Um, and we looked across the river. And it was almost like there was a veil across the city because in Brisbane, where the South Bank is, and you got the Riverside Expressway, the city is right there, and it's like it's there's the wall of the city, and it, we could almost see like this sheen, like it was like a shimmer across the city. And I'm like, do you see that? Like it was one of those am I seeing things sort of type moments. She's like, I do actually see that, and it was like the veil, and it, it didn't look friendly, you know. Like, and that's there's a whole energy barrier thing that you can talk about there um yeah you know but what actually what i find funny about the reincarnation stuff is that everybody everybody was a roman general or cleopatra or bloody imhotep or you know what i mean there was a lot of these reincarnation stories i think that's how to weed them out if you go i was julius caesar you know i had a guy um one of the other guys colin i do some work with apparently he gets in, in touch with people it's like if he, he goes, what do you say to me? It's like there's two like Egyptian people, a Nefertiti and something like someone other, one of the other guys. He goes, oh, he goes, if I if I had a dollar for everyone told me someone told me they were reincarnated as Nefertiti, he goes, what I want to do is put them all in the same room together and see what happens. <laughs> so I think that's there's a problem there where everybody was the great Roman general. That no one, no one cleaned the shitters, mate, in their past life. But um, <laughs> Well, no one wants to remember that. Mate. <laughs> that's, that's right. They, they blocked that part out. They blocked that part right, out. Yeah, you just remember the good stuff, right? But um, yeah, that's true. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing per se to 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 um, you know prevent that from potentially being the case. I mean, if you think about you know like soul clusters and the monads, these groups of of you know souls that we are composed of, and then we're connected to all the other souls. But ultimately. Um, you know, you and I could have potentially come from the same soul cluster, the same entity. Mm. Um, and so then you've got two humans going, well, I remember a life as, you know, Julius Caesar or whatever. Um, and that may be, it may be true. It may not be true in the in a sort of a linear sense, like, you know, obviously you, your body uh, dies and you don't get that back, right? But some mm. part of, of you survives and in, in, a, in a space where t- time and space aren't relevant, um, and they, they don't apply. So there's this informational structure that's self-aware that can then re-inject itself into a space-time construct mm. um, and, and keep doing it. And I, I like the visual we used to get from that show uh, on from the 90s called Sliders. I don't know if you Sliders. saw Sliders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Remember in the intro, they had like the spiraling sort of staircase of all the Earths lined yep. up in space yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it was like you know they they would slide from one parallel earth to the other and that's kind yeah. of that's kind of how i see time in in a sense from a, like a higher dimensional level mm. um if you're this higher dimensional being you can inject yourself into this this version of earth and, and this version of earth and this version of earth and you can have all these 
lives, which we think of in terms of linear time, past life, future life, but you're actually from that level, you're, you're living them all simultaneously in a yes, sense. Yes. Um, so our ordinary concepts are pretty, pretty limited. They don't really apply so well. <laughs> and look, that's, that's where it gets slippery, isn't it? You know, like that, and that's why I sort of, that's that parallel world that I have existed in for quite a while. Like it, it, it's literally, I don't actually remember a time where this very similar parallel world that I dream about didn't exist in my world. But, and it's, and it's been like, it's, it, as I said, the, the characters that are in this three-dimensional reality are very similar to the characters in that reality. And they've all, all, they've all progressed as well. Like, it's not like I go back to the same time. It's I am as old as I am, but I'm in a different perception of reality. You know, I think. It's- Robert Munro, he, it's funny, you know, as you talk about that, I'm, I'm hearing shades of Robert Munro, who was, he had a, a, a version of himself in a parallel parallel world of some mm. some sort, which he referred to as I there. So a, a different version of Robert Munro who existed in this other world who had, you know, a normal normal day job and whatever. Mm. And, you know, he's having this other completely different life and he would sort of find himself in his OBEs. He'd go and he'd occupy this, this guy mm. uh, like in a very visceral bodily sense. And, you know, he, he would come back to his Robert Munro body and go, you know, he'd wonder like, what what happens to that guy? What experience does he have when I go there and I'm I'm like joining to him? Does he experience like? Do people think he's like epileptic? Like, is he having temporal lobe seizures? Does he yeah, have memory right. blackouts? Yeah. And so that was a very real thing to him. And I think I think there's definitely something to it because my attitude is infinite. Like the reality is infinite, infinite possibility, infinitely manifested. Mm-hmm. There's an infinite version of of you, uh, versions of you, infinite number of versions of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll be slight variations on all of them playing out through the, the different parallels. And mm-hmm. yeah, you may be able to tap into those and, and you'll probably venture into the realities that you are most resonant with or the are most relevant to you at this point in time, if you like. Mm. Yeah, look, potentially, potentially, it's very interesting. I, the, look, the other thing about reincarnation, and and I, you know, I go like I said before, we are living in prophetic times. Uh, I feel like, uh, and I sort of get that with you, mate. We actually haven't physically met yet. However, I keep running into people that it's like, hey, I know you. You know what I mean? I know you. I don't know you. Like we've never actually physically met. We've only ever spoken over Zoom. But I'm pretty sure if we met in real life, the conversation. Well, talk, think about the first time we met, Brendan. We we zoomed. We started a conversation, and pretty much that conversation hasn't stopped. It just sort of gets gives a bit of a pause button every now and again. Yeah. But it's it's I've run into a lot of people like that where it's like, I know you. I'm you're from another country, and I've never met you before in my existence. However, you are very very familiar to me. You know we were. You know whether we stood together in the in the cavalry line for the Romans, or you know what I mean, whatever it is, right? It's it. There's so many, and I and I find that more and more at the moment. It's interesting, right? Which obviously I think we're trying to trying to come around and seek each other out. It's like, hey, hey, everyone came back this time around. You guys have got to figure out. You got to get, got to connect. Got to connect. So you know, then the question would be, is there a does the universe conspire to align us to to realign the, those people to come together? Like, but you know, I think that but that's one of the reincarnation thing that gets me because 
Yeah, it's not, and it's not like oh, I, I run into everyone. Oh, I know you, like, but it, no, it's been, like over my lifetime, there'd probably be a, a hundred or so people where it's like, hang on a minute, I know who I know who you are, you know, whether or not it's, that's my soul energy talking to your soul energy, and we've known each other before. It's an interesting thing. Do you, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like I like it. I mean, I agree, and and you know, uh, if you if you go back to that sort of discussion on the on the so called higher self and. Um, and time not existing in, in yeah. those other that other realm. It's like, well, okay, the higher self has a recording of of your life, of this life that you've lived, and on in some way, on some level, it's got the whole recording. It knows it knows yeah, everything. From, from go away. Yeah. So to to it from that level, um, the point in time where you know you and I meet is completely irrelevant because the whole memory is already fully stored in that, in that database. Mm. And I think that with people who are a little bit more spiritually kind of tuned in and tapped in, we tend to have those kind of like deja vu experiences. Like, Oh, I don't know. I feel like I know you from somewhere. And it's like yeah. that memory database is in the subconscious mind is kind of, kind of going, you know, I'm here, like here's this information. And, and, mm. you know, people who are very materialistically oriented, atheistic, whatever, they don't really have that. They've blocked it out. But mm. when, you, when you open up a bit, you, you start tapping in subconsciously to that, that recording of your life that mm. exists trans, trans temporally in outside space and time, you know? Do you think that that is a, uh, when that sort of happens, do you think that's uh, acknowledgement that you're on the right path? I tend to think that. I've I've wondered about that where these I have I've had a lot of the you know since my well about thirty three or something like that it was about six years ago now where I sort of came to and realised and really started to I've always been a pretty spiritual guy I've always been very open but I really focused on the self and tried to figure my stuff out about you know about twenty after I then again talk about NDEs and people want to restart their life when I finally came out of being sick, I was like, hang on a minute, what am I doing? Like, I need to refocus, figure out who who do I want to be for the rest of my existence? Because obviously I made it out of this sickness. And look, look, to be totally honest, mate, there was, you know, I had my wife and my parents tell me, like they were preparing to get people to come and say goodbye, mate. You know, like that's, it was touch and go there for for, for a bit. Um, but coming out of that, it's like, well, I need to figure my stuff out. I need to actually have some purpose now. I need to um, be who I am uh, or who I'm supposed, who I'm meant to be, right? I need to realize my own self potential. Uh, and I think once you start on that journey, you do have these deja vu. Uh, I've been here before, like, you know, I've seen this play out before it has actually played out. Do you think that maybe that is a indication you you're doing what you should be doing, or is it just a recall of this this track that you're talking about? I think yeah, I think you kind of need to feel into it in the moment and, and feel you know what what the message might be. I mean, it could be. I, I think a lot of the time you could legitimately interpret it as an affirmation of you know you, you're on the right path. Um, but I also think that that can be risky at times because we live in this weird fractal holographic reality where yeah. it's everything's mirrored and, and um, you know, the, the whole is contained in every part. So wherever we go, there's always some level of probability that you could have a, a kind of synchronistic experience uh -huh. that 
is just a reflection. It's just like kind of the the localized universe going, hey, like I, I know you're here, kind of thing. Like yeah. we're picking up your signal and we're feeding it back to you. It's not necessarily that you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It's just mm. an echo, if you like. But um, mm. yeah. you know, that that's coming from a more maybe more skeptical kind of place. But I, I do think a lot of the time it could you can take the view. This is this is telling me something. I'm doing the right thing or whatever for sure. Yeah. Oh, look, I and 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 that's sort of it's hard, isn't it? You know, because if you understand, like you said, we live in a fractal uh, universe, and I think you know, it's sort of like you can. I don't know about you, but I can in, in a crowd, I can sort of see roughly who who's more aware and awake just by looking at them, and I think maybe I'm sensing their energy. You know, what I mean, it's an amazing if you look at someone, someone catches your eye because you think, oh, who's that? almost all the time they will actually look back at you because they've sensed you looking at them, you know, like, so that is the, yeah. as you said, that's the fractal return of, of energy and space and time, you know, and the times of times a funny one. Like you could spend so much on time. Like I, I firmly, I actually don't firmly believe I know that I've been manipulating time for a long time. You know, it, it, in three dimensional space, you can manipulate time. I think the deal is you got to pay it back. That's my been my experience. However, you definitely can manipulate time, right? If you you speed it up or slow it down, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. But you can if you want to. And time is just a three dimensional construct. Like, you know, when you get into the esoteric discussions about time, it's like, well, you know, let's pretend of the I think it's now seven hundred million habitable planets in our galaxy alone. Let's pretend for a second that one percent of those has got something on it, which is fair enough. How do they measure time? You know, a year's not going to be a year to them. You know, it is. It might be forty-five hours in a day. Like time, as we understand it, is a complete human construct. We've just put a label on something. Um, you know, I think. You know, obviously, through my other work, the megalithic work, they did measure the sun cycles and the astral cycles. There's an astral time that that's, that they've looked upon from this earth but time is in a dimensional space and time i think it's it's a funny thing you know there is no up there there is no up in space brendan you know this is the people don't people don't get i go people go what i said there's no up in space there is no up in space space is infinite in every direction you know so it's like if you can grasp that then time becomes you know time is literally measured by that Hmm. that's it and you know calendar times construct and so you know you can't really talk about space and time as separate things from from human biology because that's the only way we know anything exists like yes. space or time and and, yeah. and it's just purely purely perception so if you are in a, some kind of altered state or an environment um, that supports you know some kind of altered cognition you can have a, you could potentially have a really radically altered experience of, of time like the, mm. the so-called flow of time like you're saying you can change it definitely mm. yeah absolutely yeah look altered states of mind you know i think you know conscious states of mind you know like it, it, you can you can mess with time you can and if, so that's the thing well so look i think uh we want we might um bring this one to an end i've got a couple of questions they're not gonna be easy questions just because i've just come to my mind so you know you know what i like to do to you brendan i put you on the spot mate uh oh goody (laughs) (laughs) what do you think you know because we we, we've been dancing around the light the source the 
you know, the different versions of energy that we can feel, you know, the, the, the evidence behind NDEs and reincarnation and the fact that we run into people we feel and all that sort of stuff. The hard problem is what makes us conscious. So what do you think that is? Like, do you have a perception on that after looking at all these different types of research and documents? And obviously I understand it's just a perception like anything else, but I'd be interested to hear what you had to say. Yeah, the hard problem is it's a good one. Um, I, I personally like the to flip things on their head and to look at it from the, the complete opposite angle that people normally do. Because what normally, what's conventionally done in, in the world of science is people try to explain consciousness through the established paradigm and they try to squeeze or shoehorn consciousness into materialism. Yeah. Um, and that, that doesn't work. So it, it actually, what does work and the only thing that works is when you turn it on its head and you put the universe and all the phenomena of the universe inside consciousness. Yeah. Because consciousness... Consciousness is not what needs to be explained. Consciousness is the explanatory principle itself. Yes. That's the bottom line. If you if you start from the point of view that the ground of so-called reality is actually a field of consciousness, then everything that exists within that, including all our fantasies about, you know, um, angels and demons and matter being the only reality and whatever, all of it exists in that field of consciousness. I mean, you can't talk about anything without first postulating consciousness so everything fits inside consciousness it's not the other way around yeah i totally agree i I think that's the only way it works like it's uh it's the you know the the grain of sand is another universe type thing it's like infinite within infinite without you know the only way that we can even express ourselves and even begin to contemplate these concepts brennan is we are conscious in the first place so that you are right everything then fits inside that and expands out from there you know i think uh you know obviously your your excellent book uh the the grand illusion you know science and spirituality everyone should buy that there you go i'll give you a free plug mate uh (laughs) (laughs) well you're talking about science and spirituality and i think was it was it jung was it jung that said the fact that science and spirituality are considered uh separate it it does a disservice to them both and i think Mm. if if we can if we can join those two together and there's a, there's a concept where uh, we think, you know, talking about the megalithic stuff that I'm into, where it's like maybe these megalithic temples and, and all this sort of stuff represent a, a particular space in time where we had science and spirituality melded together because there's always obvious science in these structures, but there's obvious obvious spirituality tied to them as well. And maybe that was a place where science and spirituality uh we're one and the same and that's where like i said earlier today uh, earlier tonight it's like maybe that's where we understood this this consciousness you know like the only thing that the great pyramid is said to do it was built to transmit consciousness from the earth to the stars Hmm. that's what that's what its function was you know yeah i mean i like the line in in uh thor it might have been the first thor movie where you know old mate thor is explaining to uh, Jane, I think it was, well, you know, where I come from, science and magic are the same thing. Yeah. And, you, you know, science, if people could just remember that when you say science, all science is, it's not a collection 
of of so-called facts it's not a it's not a it's not a research paper it's not an opinion it's mm. just a method science yeah. science is the scientific method mm. and that is investigation measurement observation mm. um, you know putting forth a hypothesis hypothesis and testing that mm. and there's nothing there in in if you look at it in terms of scientific method I mean, of course, you can apply that to spiritual concepts and mm. ideas as far as it can be applied to it. And they mm. should, it should be applied to it. And we should mm. use it to, we should investigate this stuff mm. so that we end up with a rational, scientifically informed view of it. I mean, that's the only way I can see anything working. Otherwise, we end up with two cults, the cult of materialism and the cult of, you know, the Abraham, whatever Abrahamic religion, you know, don't mean the to spaghetti monster, the spaghetti monster religion, mate. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. You end up with this kind of like this worshipping of ultimately both end up in a, a deeply irrational, neurotic kind of a place. And yes. that's, that's self-enforced because they will not look at the stuff that their dogma has ruled out. Mm. Mm. Oh, look, I totally agree. You know, I think it would, I, I used to say it, it was, you know, it's like if you can't, you know, measure it, smell it, eat it, drink it, fuck it, you know, it doesn't exist, you know, like, but that we all know though, it, 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 but as an aside to that, you can take the most, and I've done this, right? I've taken the most, I'm talking to the most rational, materialistic, straight down the line person. And I go, hey, you know, like when you go into a room and, and you feel like, bad energy you know what i mean like, like something bad's gonna happen like oh yeah 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 okay so you can admit that you just admitted to me that you can feel energy but everything else is bullshit right so it's like the the, the doctrines and the narratives that we uh have been made you know have we've applied to different things as i said the fact that science and spirituality is deemed separate does a disservice to them both and i think we, if we had more of an open mind from both sides, like you say, a rational dogma, you know, like, the, the, you know, one of the conversations we had earlier, and I know you've spoken a lot at length about this on your podcast as well. Uh, the truth of verse, here you go. See, I'm just giving you free plugs all over the place, mate. Uh, it's uh, science has become the new religion and that's not a good thing it, because we need to realize like if you take science and spirituality Spirituality has been around for as long as humans have existed forever. Modern science, as we understand it, is barely 200 years old, maybe. You know, like that's, that's the reality, you know. Um, and we need to have a more open mind and understanding to the, to the fact that NDEs are real. I would say they are, okay. That, that's... That's my belief system is that they, yeah, they do exist, yeah, um, only because of my own personal experiences and what I've seen and what I, what I feel to be true. And this is where it gets tricky, isn't it? Because it's like my soul, my who, whatever powers me, feels that that is true based upon my experiences that I've had. Um, same with reincarnation. Whether or not it is the the echo of time and 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 coming back from the the pre written script or whatever it is, or whether it is you know once upon a time we stood in the ranks, you know, with the Romans and and spilt blood together, you know, like you know, there's that warrior. That's because that's the thing that gets me is the warrior thing, right? It's like every if we are reincarnated on this planet over and over again, we've all been a all ninety nine percent of blokes have been a soldier at some point, you know, because that's just how it works. 
um, we've we've all we've all spilled blood in the mud, you know. And I think the the experience that I was talking about is that that connection I have with you know with blokes is like, hang on a minute, I know you. We've you know I could see us standing back to back, you know, like you know doing whatever needs to be done, um, you know. But whether or not that's an echo, or whether or not that's a projection. That's what I just feel to be true, you know? So what do you feel to be true? You're so good, Brendan, at not actually saying what you think, all right? And I'm gonna, I, I will nail you down at some point. So what, what do you think, what do you feel about reincarnation or any of, the, any of the stuff that I've talked about tonight? What do you think about, what does your gut feel? You know, what does your soul tell you? Or are you just, a, a, just an explorer and an investigator and we can't, it's like, you know, Oh, well, I mean, I've had I've had a brief um, out of body experience where I, you know, sort of hopped out of my body unintentionally, bounced off the walls of the room and hopped back in. That was very brief, but it happened. Yeah. Um, you can't you can't say you know, oh, an NDE, it's not real. Um, it, it's a real psychological event. The question is, does it point to something beyond the physical w- world, mm. and is that real? And you know, if you look at the fact that certain people have had very, very deep and protracted experiences while their brains and their bodies have been dead as a doornail. Uh I mean, there's a guy who has actually put his body was thought completely dead, put into the fridge in the, you know, in the, um, in the morgue where they stored the bodies in the fridge in the wall. He was slid, slid in and he was there for three days dead. And when the, when the, um, the guy finally rocked up to do the autopsy and cut into him, he bled um, in actually bled like the way a living person is supposed to bleed. Mm. And so he freaked out and um, you know, he ran, I think something quite comical happened. He ran screaming, but the bottom line was while this guy was clinically dead, he was having very, very conscious experiences and was obtaining information about some about events happening in the world that were actually verified later on. So he went and saw there was in the hospital nearby, there was a a baby that had been um, had a broken, I can't remember it was a broken leg or arm or something. And it was uh, it was very upset and it was inconsolable and they couldn't the nurses couldn't couldn't um, you know nobody could stop it from crying and he but he with his vision in the out of body state was able to see into it that there was a broken bone and that's why the baby was so upset and no one was doing anything about it and when he finally had a chance to go and talk to the nurses who were looking after this this poor little kid um, one of the nurses actually admitted that she had. Um, dropped the baby and that's why the, there was this damage and broken bone. So he'd, he'd gone and had all this real world data that he obtained while his body was locked up in the morgue yeah. in, on, you know, in the fridge yeah. and, um, and every detail of it was proved to be accurate down the track. And there are more cases than, that, than just that one. I've included them in book two because they are very, very, very strong evidence. Yeah, right. So did they have to resuscitate him or did he just come back around? He just sort of, I, I think he, I think he uh, had to have a bit of work done, but he was, he, he was able to be revived um, after three days, and you know, obviously three days, you're not supposed to be able to function. Your brain, you're supposed to be brain dead. Yeah, brain dead. Yeah, yeah. But he was fine. He was absolutely fine, and that's the thing that happens with these people. Like um, even even Alexander, who was a doctor, who was a hardcore hardcore um atheistic materialistic guy and he was um he was taken down by a very aggressive um bacterial infection in his brain that was actually eating like literally eating away and dissolving the um the neocortex so all Mm. the higher functions of his brain were completely kaput 
Um, and they, he was he was out of it for a week, and they thought he was going to die. You know, he was he came this close to just being absolutely gone. But while he was in that state, completely out of it and basically clinically dead, brain dead, um, they he was having very very powerful experiences. He actually met a being who. Um, on the wings of a butterfly while he was flying around in this other space yeah. who was a woman. And anyway, she didn't identify herself. If I'm re- remembering this correctly, she didn't identify herself at the time to him. But after the experience, he later, he found um, a, an old photo and there was this, um, there was this girl in the photo. Mm. And it turned out that that girl in the photo was actually the woman from the the near-death experience and they, they had a real life connection that he hadn't been aware of um, yeah, right. until that event so she you know i mean these stories they just keep coming and coming and i've documented a whole bunch of them because when you get those downloads you see oh hang on a minute like you can't actually you can't deny that people are having real experiences real experiences of, with, yeah. yeah without the aid of a physical body that's the yeah. bottom line yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah that's your consciousness you know what i mean that that's like, as you said what is it the energy is, is moving through space and time and, and experiencing things. So what about reincarnation? I still didn't see you like nailing a piece of jelly to a wall, Brendan. You didn't really give me much there at all about what you personally think. Uh, well, don't, don't think I don't notice, but what about reincarnation? <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm training for a career in politics, so I can't give straight answers. I've got to get good at that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, it's it's a it again, like it just depends how you break it down. In in on one level, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's you know, I conceptualize there's this being that is a repository of experience, of data, of information. It's a conscious being that exists in a in a, a realm that has nothing to do with our concepts of space and time. Yeah. And what it does is it it injects a part of itself or some of its awareness into a video game, which we call you know three D reality into the meat wagon. Yeah. Into the meat, into the that's right, into the sausage, the human yeah. sausage, yeah. and then um, and it lives these these experiences, and whether you conceive of it as they're all happening at once simultaneously, or you know they're happening one after the other, mm-hmm. um, you know it doesn't really make much difference. I mean, it kind of it might to some people, but yeah, I mean we 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 don't put it this way. We don't just have this this one life in this one body, and then it's like off to the pearly gates with Jesus, or, or you know down downstairs to the red guy with the hoofs, you know. Yeah. No, look, I, I fair enough, mate. I appreciate that. And look, I, I am conscious of your time. Uh, what I thought we'd do, because we're talking about weird stuff, I don't think I've done this with you yet. So I've got, um, where are they? I've got three warrior books up there, right? So what we, what happens is and we've done this probably, I don't know, 60 or 70 times. Mostly we do it in the studio, right? Because it's about creating the energy of the studio. Is I pluck the, the, uh, the warrior book out, I close my eyes, and I open it up to a page and generally it'll say something that is completely relevant to what we've been discussing. So I like that. What I do, I know which, I know which one I'm getting, which is actually one I haven't gotten in a while. Which is interesting. <laughs> got, uh, Drum roll, please. The way of the warriorhood. Okay. It's by, these books are by a guy called Bodie Sanders, a bit of a cool cat. Um, interesting guy. Uh, Kath got me these a little while ago. So close my eyes. For those at home, Brendan can confirm that I've got my eyes closed. There's the page. (laughs) Uh, Truth is not a matter of personal viewpoint. (laughs) And then, hang on a minute. Many can speak words of wisdom 
Few can practice it themselves. <laughs> there you go. I hope, to, I hope they're not talking about me. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, well, I think, no, I think that's, um, there's a lesson in there. You know, truth is not a matter of a personal viewpoint. Many can speak words of wisdom. Few can practice it themselves. I think that the deep, that the deeper message of that, that is, per, I think that does relate to what we're talking about because it's like we, we, we see truth because we can only see it as a personal viewpoint and a personal perspective, but maybe the, the, the deeper truth and these deeper questions that I know you spend a lot of time asking from your research purposes. And I spend a lot of time asking for my research purposes. The truth is the truth. You know, we can see what it is and we need to get move past ourselves. You know, many can speak words of wisdom, but few can practice it. Right. You, you need to see past yourself and, you know, and see into this ether, this energy that we're talking about for the truth of actually what it is, mate. You know, I think right. that's, you know, if you can't get your ego out of the way, then you, you, you're useless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, ego is a, ego is a dirty word, man. It's a tricky, ego is a tricky thing. Like it'll, it'll, it'll pop itself up in the, in the, in the weirdest of places. Even if you, even if you do think you've got it, um, somewhat under control as long as you're aware of it and uh always remain open i think that's the key you know uh well brendan mate well have you got anything else you want to share with the listeners on any of that sort of stuff um what are you up to at the moment you know uh do you want to share any of that before we knock off for tonight oh well i hope to get back to finishing book two at some point uh hopefully that'll be out next year that's going to be a very, very deep dive, very comprehensive. Um, and, and you know, stepping into a higher level of perspective on this kind of stuff than mm. I've been able to find out out there from the mm. other other people writing about it. So, you know, I, I say that with, you know, as much humility as I, I can muster, um, but it is going to be something that's, you know, on, a, on another level. So I'm just, I'm very keen and excited to get back to that and get it out in front of people. And while they're waiting for that, they can check out book one th- um, through my website, brendandmurphy.com slash TGI mm-hmm. for, for the grand illusion. And they'll, you know, find a whole bunch of relevant information that relates to what we've been talking about tonight. So if they're into that, they'll, they'll probably like that book. So go check it out. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks very much for your time, Brendan. I really appreciate it. And uh, look, one of these days when we're allowed to travel freely within our own country, we do have to, uh, we do have to get together, mate. Absolutely. Good on you, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, Drew.
made the world.